Hey, this is episode three of Before the Show, and my guest today is Jonathan Flanagan. Um, Jonathan, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. I know we tried to do this once before, and we had some technical hiccups, but here we are once again trying to lay it out. Um, Have you ever been asked to do an interview before the show? Uh, No. No, I haven't. Uh, It's cool, though. Like I said, it feels like a a sports player, you know, a little pregame interview. Right, yeah. No, we're we're going to try to hype it up for you, get everybody wanting to be there. Um, how long have you been doing stand-up comedy? Um, I've been, I did improv for about six years before stand-up, like performed and studied it as much as possible. I was heavily in the improv scene at UCB and IO West, but then for about five years, a little over five years, I've been focused strictly on stand-up. And you, you like, got into comedy in... What I would say is is not what people are led to believe is a traditional way of getting into it. The way that I suppose I may or have falsely understood is that people just go to open mics until they get used to it. You kind of went to school to be a comedian, kind of. Yeah, I guess. I mean, so like, yeah, doing the improv scene, I, I was stud- doing improv classes and performing and stuff which is nothing to do with stand-up except when I did start to just go to the open mics, I felt like I had a, like a little bit of an extra leg up. Like I felt like I wasn't... They're related as... enough that I think, it, yeah, it definitely gives yeah. you creative experience. It gives you uh, experience working with other people, which just makes a show better for those yeah. of you that, that have experience. Um, what kind of comedians inspire you? Anybody specific? Um... Yeah, I mean, a lot. I, anytime, lot, anytime, I mean, not just one particular comedian, but just like a joke, even out here, like if it's some type of like, oh my, you know, every now and then you hear jokes like, man, I wish I thought of that. That's perfect. I love that idea. Or um, Gary Goldman, who's one of my favorite comedians today, he has a joke about Pepsi and Coke and where he gives them like personalities and if they're talking to each other. And when I heard that joke, I loved it so much. I'm like, man, I want to write a joke like that where I, I personify just an inanimate object, and so then I have a joke about Facebook, and it's just like that where I get Facebook like this Boston accent, and it's just, just like this pushy friend, and and I kind of I mean I didn't purposely go out and write it, but I did. I came after hearing the Gary Goldman bit, it made me like want to have a joke in that same style, and so that definitely inspired me. Um, early on, Mitch Hedberg was my biggest influence. All my original like first jokes I wrote were definitely like Mitch Hedberg style one-liner type jokes until I eventually found my own voice. And then, I know we kind of talked about this before, but for the sake of the audience, for the people that didn't get to hear the first interview that was only recorded one-sided, um, how much of the experience of doing stand-up was different than what you expected it to be? Um, it was uh, It was definitely, like, I mean, I did a couple plays in college, and I did a lot of improv. And where when doing improv, like I had, I was not, didn't really get stage fright at all. And then doesn't matter, first time up doing stand-up, it's completely brand new. Oh, it's terrifying. I think it's yeah. terrifying. Because, yeah, no, when you're in a play, you kind of get to, you hide behind the, the, the play, yeah. in a sense. Like this, the, the decor, your outfits... The flow of what's happening kind of disguises you as individuals, whereas like stand up is you. Yeah, when you go on stage, like that's it's a light, a mic, and you up there. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> and so, like, I remember having stage fright, like, my first time doing a play. I remember having stage fright when I first started doing improv, and then you get comfortable, and then now it's like a brat starting all over again, like stage fright again, and, uh, yeah, having to find it. Um, it's definitely more of a, of a solidarity doing stand-up. Like, where improv, I felt it more being, like, a team sport. You win and lose as a team versus, like, stand-up is more of an individual sport. It's just as gratifying, but just a little yeah, bit no, more solidarity. Yeah, no, stand-up comedy is kind of like golf of entertainment. Uh, yeah like a yeah. very select yeah, people very a, a very select group of people really really enjoy it and a <laughs> bunch of other people kind of wonder why <laughs> yeah. yeah that makes sense and and you're always like you're never finished like you're never done you know like the golfers are always striving for a part to better their score better their score no matter how many oh, yeah. times they can every, play the same every course. comedian wants a hole in one <laughs> exactly yeah yeah no matter how many times you do that set it's like you're trying to better it so, yeah. Do you think there's a topic that's like cliche or on the on the sort of other flip side of that is there a topic that you think is like always funny? Like I interviewed uh, the comedian we had on last time. He said his kids are kind of holy inspiration for him. Half the time he's struggling to run to find a pad of paper to write some absurd <laughs> thing they said I believe that. because he's like this is ridiculous. nobody believes me. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Tina Fey used to say that half of the line she wrote for Tracy Morgan's character on 30 Rock was just from her kid, her, like, toddler, like, crazy stuff you'd say. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, I, I think sex has always been a topic that will always be funny. Or you'll, I mean, 30 years from now, 100 years from now, they'll still be saying jokes just because it's always – it's something that everybody's always been able to relate to, and I think that they've been doing sex jokes since the beginning of joking. Um and it's weird that it's like, how does it never run out of material? You think like, oh, that's been done, but that's one of those topics that's like, that people are still finding ways to make it funny. And I think it mostly has to do with personal experience with it. Um, A lot of it like, is playing off like awkward versus uh, what what is common knowledge without yeah. being too particular because then some people are like, I have no idea what's going on. I haven't experienced that thing before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you can just always self-deprecate yourself in, in sexual, you know, be like, oh, oh yeah, time. no, that definitely, I've seen people do both things. Like, I'm such a whore jokes. And then the, like, oh, man, I wish I could get laid jokes. The, like, other yeah. side of it. No, yeah, sex so I think is definitely always, hilarious. <laughs> always get, yeah, I think there'll always be something of mine from sex, uh, sexual experiences. Um, and then cliche, I mean, there's always stuff that's coming around that just gets overdone, you know? I feel like Trump jokes are kind of overdone at this point, you know, unfortunately. Which all doesn't mean you can't do it, it just means that it got to be we that much more clever. Yeah, it just has case. to be way, yeah. definitely. Things that are like, like you know, taboo topic, like rape or stuff like that. I don't like to think that anything's off the table. It's just the more, the more either cliche or the more risque or offensive, the more clever and funny it has to be. You know, you better, you better make sure. Like, you better have, oh, you better yeah. have some balls yeah, and yeah. say that joke. You've got to be um, able to tiptoe through the landmine for sure. Yeah, yeah, you definitely need to find that way, that path. But I don't, I don't think nothing will ever be. You can't do that. Just generalize. No, no joking about that. It's just you got to be way better at that joke it better be a great joke if you're gonna be able to joke at that at that um cliche you know this is, i think homeless people jokes are i see that a lot in la 
every new comic that moves to LA always like, oh, a homeless person on the bus or this or that. And it's like, I see, yeah, we you heard can whip out all. your homeless material here because very few people, we, we have a couple. Yeah, but they've been around for like yet? 15 years. No, like yeah. they, they like, they're like bears. They're like, they yeah. like seek shelter in the wintertime. You see them in the springtime. I'm not even joking, dude. It's, it's weird. We have That's a funny. very, such a true thing. Um, you could actually do jokes in Los Angeles about coming out here and like learning about, uh, the, the bear homeless population yeah, that could takes, slaughter. Huh? I'm sure the, like, Los Angeles, I don't know, yeah. they're scarier. They've got crazier things available to them, I suppose. There, yeah, there's, there's a lot more of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was homeless, I'd probably moved out towards the beach or something, you know? Might as well, where's good weather. Where Definitely. do you, what, what besides <laughs> sex and homeless people, where do you find inspiration for humor? <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. I've been thinking about it actually recently because um, I heard someone talking about the writing process, and I don't know. I have a new joke right now that I've been working on. A brand new joke. I've done it like maybe twice this past week, and I'm really liking it, but it's still brand new and not 100% done. <clears throat> and it's uh, trying to think how I thought about it. I don't know. I was something about fish are being are like sociopaths because they always have the same facial expression no matter what they're doing you know <laughs> like, they could be having an orgasm they could be like murdering another fish and eating it it's so unfortunate dying that out of the water doing this joke because i don't get to see it live but <laughs> that's hilarious uh, <laughs> but I, I think i came with that because a girl i was dating was a vegan and, you, and then there's a lot of vegans in LA or vegetarians, and they talk about like animals, like having personalities. And I think that's why I thought about that. Like, oh, yeah, well, there's another thing eat. called a pescatarian, which exactly. is uh, people can eat fish, but they don't fish eat like not, other, other meat. meat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now so we're, I'm a semi-cultured like Michigander. I'm not like I don't live in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's just it's just like being around people and living. I, you know, Pete Holmes always said like we have to live a life worth commenting on, so you can't like get to just only doing comedy, comedy, comedy. So it's just living. Like a lot, you know, I think a lot of comedians feel like that, where they're more they're more likely to like they're kind of go through life and make, like wanting like yeah, I'll try that, I'll do that, just because like if I don't like it, maybe I'll get a bit out of it. Maybe I'll it's like just seeing something new, you know, experiencing. I've met life. a lot of comedians that have a very similar mentality. It's all about like. What kind of, what what juice can I squeeze out of this yeah. very odd experience that I might get to have? Yeah, that Whether is a good way. Whether it's like going putt-putt in the wintertime, or yeah. going to a haunted house in the middle of a cornfield. Like, I've just met, they're like, yeah, we, you just do it. You just do it, because then if some shit goes wild, you write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way. And then the other way is just being around, like, friends, friends of family, just because a lot of times, like, someone, or even myself will say something silly, and then they might add something to that, or they might say something crazy, and then like, hey, that's kind of funny. And then I, like, get an idea just from something somebody said. So I think just, just trying to be trying to live trying to be around people that you like and then trying to experience things that you like to do i think that's the best way to generate material and ideas no yeah there's there's certain i have personal relationships like my my buddies mm -hmm. who like i can make jokes with them that i know if i tried to make that same joke with my mom 
<laughs> she'd be like, Connor Jeffrey, what the fuck just came out of your mouth? <laughs> so yeah, it's also all about context. <laughs> yeah. Um Hello? Yeah, you're good. Oh sorry. Okay. Um No no, we're yeah. gonna I'm I'm I was given space so I could cut it because Oh, cool. Uh, it's it's good. Like interruption happens. Um, uh, all right, back um, to it. Yeah, no, I think. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. It's just like so now it's just like hanging out with those people, and then you might like say something, or they might say something. Just like just kind of make a note of that, and you just explore it later. Like, how can I make this relate to everybody outside of my friend group? You know. What uh, have have you ever? If you're a true comic, I suppose I believe this. That maybe this is like personal standards by connor barnes of what it means to be a comedian no it's bullshit um but every comedian has gotten in trouble because of their sense of humor whether it was school or on a personal level like you make a joke with a loved one and they're just like yeah. no i can't i can't like get out of here <laughs> go for a walk or something <laughs> like i'm just sick of you i've experienced a lot of the latter if it, you mentioned before that you've also experienced some of that i mean yeah i think i'm sure comedians probably have more experience of that than others just because after you do it for a while and you're like you said you're living life and looking for the funny looking for the so you tend to like your brain tends to go that way when anything happens so this happened recently so um uh a uh, ex-girl from mine i was talking to her we were talking and she's talking about when we broke up and she was uh heartbroken she said she uh, didn't eat for six days and she said i lost 15 pounds and then i was like and i just automatically responded and i said uh I already yeah tell. a lot of people a lot of you know some people could last longer without eating because their fat stored up on their bodies <laughs> and and it was just kind of an honest response like it wasn't i was kind of like funny like i didn't meet you know she wasn't fat i was just joking around but that's naturally where i first went to you know i feel and like she i've knew heard me. a bit about oh I'm sure. like uh, yeah. every time i break up with a boyfriend i lose pounds so i just have decided not to maintain healthy relationships for the sake oh, of my yeah. own good go. looks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's right that's right there's our perfect joke um yeah so i mean what she's used to me so she you know she's like I, that's and then her response is like oh see so you haven't lost your sense of humor and it's like true <laughs> and like another time like my friend like defriended me for like a couple months on facebook because she posted some political thing and she wanted me to share it and it's about like the it's like when the women's march went on in la right right and i actually went to the women's march and then she posted this thing about and i knew she wasn't going because she said oh, i have a hair appointment but then she posted something about it and she like tagged me and it's so like a repost it right you called her just, out and she was upset. yeah exactly yeah. i called her out just joking i'm like yeah i was there where were you getting your hair done, you know? And she got so mad because she was very passionate about it. was about some homeless thing she's very passionate about. She works with groups that help the homeless in L.A. And she got really mad. And I was kind of just kidding. Like, I, like I, knew, I knew she was at the home, getting her hair done. I knew, like, she knew I was at the march. Like, it wasn't like, I don't know. Like, it wasn't really calling her out. But she got mad because, I, I don't know. She was just in the mood that day, I guess. Uh, we've since, I've since apologized. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I know you very passionate about that i was just kidding i'm sorry you know but that was one thing also just to sure. illustrate how much of a smart ass i am when i heard you say the phrase oh you haven't lost your sense of humor 
my gut shot reaction would have been no no i totally lost it but i found it last week it was in the fridge the last place i would have expected it <laughs> it's always it's right on my head though there's a joke everywhere and my family is upset that i just can't leave things alone <laughs> My uncle this morning was like, I don't know why you're always laughing. Like, not everything's funny. And I'm like, why can't that just be my reaction to being alive? I mean, I think, yeah, I think they're, I think sometimes people just, they're, I think maybe they're uncomfortable because they're not, they don't have that. Like, they're not able to laugh at everything. Or, so it makes them uncomfortable. Or, I don't know. sometimes, sometimes I think they're kind of just jealous. They wish like they could. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What, I mean, uh, they, yeah. What's your favorite curse word? Uh, cunt, for sure. Powerful, uh, very sharp. It's exactly, it's very sharp, one syllable, you know, uh, hard C, hard T. Cuts to uh, the chase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, it's kind of one of those words that you, when you hear it, or when you think it in your head, you kind of like, a lot of times you, you think it with like an accent because they're used to like English or Australian or New Zealand people like say with an accent, so that I think makes it just a little more appealing, you know, accents on it. I can't, uh, I can't for sure tell you who who did this joke. I want to say it was either Dustin Jefferson or Cass Gujel. Okay, they were in my last show. But uh, there was a joke recently that I heard that I cannot stop thinking about, and uh, he goes. Um, I was thinking about the phrase selfie stick the other day, and I really think that we've misnamed these words. Um, selfie stick sounds like what we're calling a dildo. That's what a yeah. selfie stick should be called. That's true. That's funny. Yeah. And a selfie stick, the one you buy in a store, should be called a dildo because every time I see somebody holding you one of those, like I'm like, hey, look at this dildo. <laughs> That's a great joke. Yeah, that's funny. I cannot stop. I wake up. I'm in the shower, man. Like that's. <laughs> I just yeah, that's hilarious, and that's that's just how that's what I mean. How like words shouldn't be off limits. Words shouldn't even mean what they mean. They mean what we imply them to mean. And you know, you know, based on your inflection, your tone, or what your how your context of what you're saying, that word means completely something different. Like that's that he just made both those words hilarious. You know. Yeah, and, and the uh, odd part is when you get to start thinking about names and that, like, yeah. 300 years from now, there could be children named Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you think that that's so. hilarious. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, come here, little Cunt. Oh, look at baby Cunt. Uh, yeah, and that's why I love that word because it, especially it's one of those words that you, you – because it's taboo, it makes it even funnier. It gives it more power, you know? It's like because, like, you never really expect it to come, so when it does come, it hits really f hard and really good, you know? Like, that's what I like about that. Um, like, okay, so I roasted – did roast battle at the comedy store with one of my friends, and um, his, uh, he's, uh, he's a big dude, and he, ha he you know, self-conscious about his, uh, his man boobs. You know, he has a little bit of man boobs. <laughs> and he ha his wife, he's married to a very petite Asian woman. And so um, I, one of the jokes, my favorite joke that I did to roast him, I said, uh, I said, Micah, his name's Micah Blyche. Micah, he's a really funny comic. And he's like, Micah is married to a petite Asian woman. So, um, oh, no, wait, what was it? Oh, yeah, Micah is married to a very petite Asian woman. So as you can tell, Micah uh, has bigger, what was it? Has bigger tits than his wife and a slant to your cunt. Was the joke? Like it's not even that funny of a joke. It's just the word "slanty," "slanty," your cut is hilarious. Like, and it killed because 
Like it's not that it's not a good joke. It's just it's literally not. But just the word slant here cunt is hilarious to say and to hear, and it just killed because of that. Because the wording, you know, just surprise punch. You know, it's just funny. So that was my favorite joke, even though it wasn't even that good of a joke. But just because slant here cunt is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how particular comics can be about what they think is funny. And I saw, I saw a meme the other day that I thought was great. And uh, it said, uh, what comedians do when they think a joke is hilarious. <laughs> and it had a comedian turning to another comedian and saying, that's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's so like, not like, actually we laughing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so funny. That's such a great meme. That's so funny because I, uh, I tweeted out a long time ago. I remember tweeting something out being like, I really like being a comedian, but I do miss laughing. That's pretty good. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's, and, I am lucky that I guess I'm a, a bit of a sociopath and that I think <laughs> everything is hilarious. Like, I, that's can't, great. I can't stop laughing. Um, that's great. That's not, a bad, that's not a bad problem to have. I don't know. It could get, it could, it could, could be better. Like, I don't, you don't want to Although be you laughing. saying that, like, when I, if I see at the show and you're not laughing, I'm like, dang, that joke must be terrible because this guy laughs at everything. <laughs> No, I'm probably just stressed out about the show. (laughs) Speaking of the show, catch Jonathan um, at the irregular comedy show at the Avenue Bar and Grill in Owasso on the 15th of March at 9 p.m. Stay tuned for our next episode of Before the Show. Thanks again, everybody, for coming out. Yes, Owasso. See you in Owasso. Can't wait.